Hey everyone, it's The Beast with RexandTheBeast.com. Thanks for joining the journey with us tonight. Rex and I are doing a series of podcasts where we are walking through every Halloween Horror Nights event that we have been to since 2003. We're taking every maze that we have walked through and placing them in one of four tiers, kind of a ranking system that we have developed. We're having a lot of fun with this. Tonight, we're going to talk about Halloween Horror Nights 17 and 18. So we're glad you're with us. Join the journey. Here we go. Rex at 17 and 18 tonight, man. Uh, 2007, 2008, a long time ago. Do you remember these things? Yeah, I mean, the thing I was actually thinking about as we were discussing and preparing for this podcast is by the time we got to 17 and 18, it sort of felt like it had been a while at the time. Like, oh, 18, man, 13, five years ago. It's like almost a third of the entire history of Halloween Horror Nights at that point. And I, I was really thinking about that, like how funny it seemed that by the time we got to even 17 and 18, it's like, oh, we were we were old hands at this, uh, having been there for four or five years. Uh, and then you just, you know, toss another 12 on there. Yeah, those years, like 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, even 22, I don't know, they kind of get, they get all rushed together for me. It's kind of like a, just a big blob of years. Once I started looking at the houses and thinking about the event, then it started coming back to me. And we had written some things on the website that was helpful to go reference and remind ourselves. But for some reason, these middle events that we did, they've, they tend to blend together for me. So it's been a little bit challenging to remember some of this, but that's where taking uh, good notes and having a website really helps us out. So we're at event number 17, 2007. I do think there's a couple of interesting reasons for that for us personally as well. Uh, one is that around the time of HHN 17 is when we were really cranking up the rexandthebeast.com website and we were yeah. doing all the work getting that rolling. 2008 was just an insane year, as was 2007, because we were getting content together for the site. And so we were taking a ton of trips. We were going back and forth all over the country, uh, doing a lot. And then shortly thereafter, uh, we started having children. And so we had kids and our lives changed and we had a lot going on. So I think there was a lot going on from 07 through, as you say, 2012 and 13 in our lives, which also made those seem like kind of a blur. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about the timing of that. In Halloween Horror Night 17, it was called the Carnival of Carnage. And it was really interesting because we're going to have Jason Voorhees show up. We're going to have Freddy Krueger from A Nightmare on Elm Street show up. But Jack is back as the icon, Jack the Clown. And he's kind of the ringleader of this whole shebang. So you get some really cool stuff. I remember we were excited. We get some of these franchises, these IPs that we love so much, Jason and... Um, Freddie and Leatherface were there, but then we still have Jack, who's kind of making sure that it's all working together and everything. So kind of a cool ideal, cool year. 
let's talk about the houses. We've well, got it, it was good. also the first, as you just noted, it was sort of the first beginnings of the whole IP issue in a big way. Yeah. Um, when you, like you say, you had Leatherface, Jason, and Freddy Krueger. I remember very clearly the commercials pushing that concept. I remember the shirts um, and and some of the other posters and things where you know those cards, Jack cards are laid out with the three of them and Jack. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's almost a interesting little transition here in 17. Yeah. But you know, we weren't tracking with it so much at that time. I don't think at no. 17, we were thinking, oh, this is going to become an IP crazy thing because you've made this point several times, which is that some of the IPs are so iconic and have such a long history that they don't feel like IPs necessarily. And these three are certainly Yes. Uh, examples of that. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th franchise. Once you start getting into things like, you know... Uh, Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, right. Now we're at a whole other level. And we've fleshed that out before. It's not necessarily exactly clear why that is, but it's the truth. That's just the way it is. For sure. Houses, here we go. You just want to start at Tier 1? Uh, you want me to start? You want to start? Yeah, fire, no, fire it up. Firing it up. Okay, HHN 17. If we start at tier one, there is no question about this. This is as obvious for us anyway as it gets. I will be as confident on this house as I am any house that we talk about for the remainder of these podcasts, and that is Psychoscarapy Home for the Holidays located in soundstage 23 which means that it had all of the benefits of being in a soundstage the space and everything rex i loved everything about this house absolutely everything uh, from the the excitement started outside where you see the wrecked school bus uh, that was transporting the inmates and there's the snow and it coincides with christmas time and it's cold and you go in and it is one scene after another of detail if we're talking about ips we can say psycho scarapy home for the holidays was one of the houses that started the insanity of detail like we love and we expect today when we go to a halloween horror nights event it's the perfect house i have nothing negative to say i've some people say it wasn't scary i couldn't care less I, yeah no that i was going to make that point is i think that was the only negative that i ever saw about this house was it really wasn't scary it, it didn't you know scare me it didn't shock me and as we've talked about before um, for the two of us, that oddly enough is about as low an issue as there is on deciding yep. how much we enjoy a house. We enjoy a great scary house as well, but when everything is working the way Home for the Holidays uh, was working, that is of very, very minor importance. When you've been through 137 Halloween Horror Nights mazes in a row, and that doesn't count the other zillion haunted houses we've been through at other events and local haunts and our cross-country festival of fear, we've been through thousands of haunted houses. The idea of a quote-unquote scary haunted house, that's just not really what we're expecting or looking for. When it happens, great. We're more interested in the storytelling, in the detail, in the atmosphere, in the overall experience. Psychoscarapy Home for the Holidays is just A+. plus. That's all there is to it. Right. And we've talked before about how we have a soft spot for uh, Halloween events uh, that are themed to Christmas or winter. And this one is just a perfect example of that. Yeah. Your turn. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to bouncing around and I'm going to drop down to Tier 4, Toxic City. And... Again, anyone that knows us well, that's listened to us over the years, read our articles, listened to the podcast, could probably take a pretty good guess as to what this is. 
Tier 4, Toxic City, Jack's Funhouse in Clown-O-Vision, the 3D house for HHN 17. And it's the double whammy. It's based upon clowns and funhouses and in 3D, which very, very commonly are tied together. Again, the, the, the effects were not horrible in this house as far as 3D effects go, but just don't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy this one. And it was by far my least favorite house of HHN 17, hence Tier 4. Yep, same here. I uh, really don't even have much to add there. If it's going to be 3D and clowns and circus, it, we might smile as we're walking through it. But that's really going to be it, you know. Uh, this was in one of the sprung tents, of course, the one you up next to MIB as you walk down. And there's just not a lot of tent houses until the last couple of years that I think provide for us what we're really looking for so yep tier four for sure well let me bump up then one tier level to tier three and that is a nightmare on elm street dream walkers this is in the sound stage so we were anticipating some some pretty good things um but there just was something about it that didn't make it stand out like i was hoping that it would stand out still had some some great things to look at. Some of the details were still great. I, again, a soundstage house, it's always going to be a certain level of good. But I think they did a Nightmare on Elm Street later, at a later event, that we enjoyed much more than this one. So it lands in Tier 3. Yeah, and I, I, I do think this has the potential to be at the higher end of Tier 3 for me. Um, I did in, enjoy it. Uh, but first of all, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, has always been way down on the list for me of characters out of the classic characters. Yeah. And so I have that issue as well. Yeah. So, again, an okay house, but I, I'm comfortable with it being in Tier 3, but clearly it's in the t- toward the top of Tier 3 for me. I totally agree with you on that, by the way. Of all the classic franchise slasher killers, Freddy has always been one of my least liked as well. doesn't mean I don't like it, but... Michael is definitely higher. Jason is definitely higher. Leatherface, higher. Uh, Even Pinhead, higher, and so forth. So, yep, I'm with you on that. Okay, your take. All right, so that being said, uh, why don't we uh, just make that move to Tier 2. And on Tier 2, we have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Flesh Wounds. Yeah. Um, And... This one was a little bit more intense than I think even the Kruger house was. And I, um, uh, to just similar in a negative way, or not in a negative way, in a, in 180 degrees from sort of Freddy Krueger, what I just talked about that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, Leatherface and Texas Chainsaw Massacre really gives me the creeps. It always has. Uh, since I saw this, I, I saw this movie, you know, when you were probably still in diapers, pretty much. Um, and it it's really bothersome because Freddy Krueger is so clearly a uh, creation, if you will, a uh, made-up concept for the movie. Texas Chainsaw Massacre feels like it, it could be it could be real, and it happened. Of course, it was based upon a a real a real thing in Texas to some degree. So I am always creeped out by Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Leatherface, and it worked for me enough to be up for up in tier two. Yep, totally agree. One thing I remember so clearly about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that they did not, this was not a house where you had to walk through it and wait to the end to see Leatherface. 
Um, I don't know if you remember, but at one point you were going in and out of rooms and it's, you leave one room, you go into the next room and bam, there he is again. And so you say, well, if you're scared of Leatherface, like I am, uh, like you just said, he's someone that creeps me out. This this house creeped creep me out, you know, and we only got to go through it one time. So we still we've talked about that before, how that might uh, limit our understanding of the house a little bit. But I remember it being good, effective, high energy. And yeah, it lands on our tier two for sure. Well, let me just stay there then, because we also have Friday the 13th Camp Blood at tier two. And here's what I want to say about this. I think Friday the 13th and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre were very similar houses. The, 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 the icon was different. The, the, the killer was Jason. It was themed to Jason. But I remember them being very similar. I think they took a similar approach to both houses in terms of the energy, uh, the, the, the way that Jason uh, makes his appearance, similar to the way Leatherface makes his appearance. Uh, do you know what I'm saying? It seems like it was always kind of at you and in your face. In, I, in both I, I do. Homes. I do know what you're saying because I actually remember a couple of our uh, friends uh, who, you know, very big HHN aficionados as well. I do remember a couple of them having more of a problem with that than we did. Uh, having like, it's like they just, you know, Leatherface and Jason just popped up everywhere. You know, we mm. couldn't even get away from them. It didn't bother us. We didn't have any issues with that. But uh, perhaps if someone was looking for the beginning to end to sort of be one true house with one leather face, it would be kind of weird. But I actually think it made them much better to have that constant. Well, but that's, a, you know, yeah, that's an interesting critique because no house has ever done that. I mean, we've had plenty of houses where there's one central character for example, Scream House, you've got the caretaker. He's in like every room. So I mean, how could you even do a house where there's just, there's the one, maybe the issue is you don't know where he is, right? I mean, you- I don't think that was the issue. I, and, and I don't think that's always been true with the, um, uh, with the icons. I, I think like the storyteller, the storyteller house, the storyteller was there at the very end and that's it. That's the only place the storyteller was. And so mm -hmm. I do think sometimes they have used the icons at only one place. All throughout the house, other actions are referencing the icons. They're dealing with the icons, but the, the actual icon is not all throughout the house. Um, but I think that's rare, though. If that's true, I think that's really rare. Yeah. I, so, I know in the Scream House, you know, caretakers all over the place. The director was all over the place. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it didn't bother us. No. There were multiple Jasons, right? So that's tier two. Yeah, Your turn. Well, you know what? We we have a lot of tier twos here at uh, HHN seventeen. So I I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick right there, and I am going to go with vampire bloodbath or vampire bloodbath actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I there's a part of me that feels like the concept of vampire bloodbath is one that if we went and counted might be used in some form or another about as much as any concept that's not a specific, you know, house uh, concept. Um, but, but with the idea of these vampires and bars um, or dance clubs and things like that. And I feel like we've seen a lot of those, but this was pretty solid. And I sort of enjoy those. We see plenty of houses, haunted houses, break, you know, broken down houses and all of that. So having 
having something that's a little more upbeat, up-tempo, part of the reason why I like the Demon Cantina kind of houses, maybe more than average, and, and that's where Vamp Vampire Bloodbath fell for me. Yeah, I remember us talking about it in terms of our great love for Castle Vampire, uh, you know, at HHN 14. So we were pretty hyped about it anyway. I, I have to admit, I don't remember a lot about the maze, but I remember us coming out thinking, well, it wasn't as good as Castle Vampire, of course, but still pretty good. So yeah. we put it, we put it at, at tier two. So there it is. Okay. Where are we? Let's come down to tier three. No, no, no. Let's just stay there at tier two. We do have a lot of tier two, uh, because the next one is dead silence. The curse of Mary Shaw. Now this was in a sound stage, And one of the disadvantages we have, and we wrote this on our website, actually you wrote it, which is that we hadn't seen the film. Right. 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 And, you know, you always lose something, obviously, but we can still enjoy the detail and still enjoy um, the just the beauty of the house and the actors and whatnot. And uh, I'm glad you wrote this because you reminded us on the website when we wrote our review. It wasn't a review, actually. We were just talking about our favorite maze. But you mentioned that Dead Silence, Curse of Mary Shaw was kind of was up there pretty high for you. And so that helped us remember, yeah, this was a good house. It deserves the tier two spot. Yeah, and this is one that, notwithstanding that comment on the website, that I don't remember a whole lot about. Um, so we are going a little bit yeah. off of our, like you say, our notes and our writing and all of that. Um, but I um, I do remember pieces of it, uh, and I do remember the ideas we're going to have in plenty of other houses as we keep going along that we had not seen the movie and plenty of people that had seen the movie rated it even higher, which is not surprising. You know, it would be really fascinating, wouldn't it, if we could go back in time and walk through these mazes again. If you and I walked through Dead Silence, The Curse of Mary Shaw, right now, as it was, we could, in the exact maze, do you think we would remember it? Do you think we would be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember all of this? I think I think we'd probably have some things triggered for us. Oh, I, th I, think, I think for sure that's true, because... We, we do this all the time with each other where one of us doesn't remember something and the other one does. And then once the other one reminds them, it like comes flooding back in. And I think if we were there seeing it visually again and catching some of the, um, you know, some of the smells, that would probably trigger it. Well, right. Absolutely. Smells are essential. Okay, we got one more, man. What is it? All right. Well, we drop down to tier three uh, for the last one, which is the thing, uh, assimilation. Yeah. And... Again, this to me is also a, a, a pretty high tier three, which leads me to believe that we actually thoroughly enjoyed 17 <laughs> as yeah. you look back at it. I mean, we only have one in tier one, but then we have four in tier two and um, two in tier three and only one in tier four. And two of the three in tier three, for me anyway, they were pretty high tier three. So that's a pretty solid year. But the thing, uh, Assimilation, is obviously based on the, um, the movie The Thing and continues that, but sort of brings it forward in, into sort of the current day and maybe even the future. I don't remember if it was supposed to be the future or just present day. But, um, but, but it, it was some pretty solid effects and scenery. I remember the scenery and the puppets and things like that were really pretty good. Overall, this could be one of those uh, types of houses that we ended up marking down a little because you and I, I think we're both pretty darn excited because we're big fans of the thing. Um, 
but overall, I think a pretty good house. And again, for me, fairly high up for tier three. Yeah. You know, it would be a great thing, pardon the pun, if we could go through this house again. There's no doubt. I remember so clearly being disappointed. The Thing is one of my favorite John Carpenter films. It's one of my favorite horror films of all time. I remember coming out of it thinking, I didn't get what I wanted. It's not what I was looking for. It's in a sprung tent that already has, for me, kind of a negative uh, feeling going into the house. And it just, something about it didn't work. But again, the comment that we made at the very beginning of these series of podcasts, we have to keep saying this. All we can do is talk about our experience with with the maze. And I, we only got through this once. Um, it didn't impress me. But it's not that it was horrible, right? So I just wonder if we go through it again, what we would have thought. But alas, we don't have that option. So it's a tier three for us. That's the, that's the way it goes. All right. So again, as I just ran through, pretty, pretty good year. Um, a matter of fact, if we would not gone through all of these it seems to fall down as a better year than I would have said I remember. Me too. Uh, uh, once I started going through the houses again. Yep, no question. Me too. Okay, that means we're moving on to Halloween Horror Nights 18, 2008. And guess what happened in 2008? You well, left me alone again, buddy. I left you alone again, which is really strange because 2008, without question, was our busiest year. Uh, we were all over the place. We were going on trips every month, sometimes multiple times a month. It was incredible um, how fun of a year 2008 was. But I was not able to go uh, to Halloween Horror Nights this year. I think you were with your wife. I was. And, and uh, so we're going to have to rely again this year on Rex's feedback for Halloween Horror Nights 18. So my brother, I turn it over to you. Well, Again, if anyone's paid any attention uh, to our discussions and our interactions on HHN over the last few years, it's going to come as no surprise my first Tier 1 Immortal Island uh, house because it is one of my favorite houses of all time, and that is Scary Tales, uh, Once Upon a Nightmare. This, you've, you hear this, um, I guess every year you hear this from me at some level about how amazing it was and that just to see the classic fairy tales, um, and even the, the nods toward Disney of the total just playing with your expectations and what you've lived with all your life with this was just amazing. I, I've told you a million times about the kind of bloody feet pouring blood out, but also, uh, you know, um, having uh, Alice in Wonderland sort of eating the white rabbit and the intestines everywhere. And uh, I, I mean, it's just... It was one of those that was as intense for me and as exciting for me uh, as Castle Vampire was when we went through it for different reasons. And I just remember coming out of it like, wow. I mean, that was amazing. It's one of my top three of all time. Scary Tales, Once Upon a Nightmare. Loved it. I mean, what can you say? It's just the way that you talk about it every year, this would be one of the top, top, top houses that I've not been able to experience that I'd love to go back and go through. That's not going to happen. So uh, I would love, you know how much money Universal could make if they secretly, <laughs> and we don't know, but they professionally videotaped every haunt that they've ever done and they put together a Blu-ray, you know, from all of the events, all of the mazes. It doesn't matter how much that thing would cost. 
Rex and the Beast would buy one for well, sure. That's that's for sure. I, I actually thought you were going a, a more. I mean, that's not an impossibility, but I actually thought you were going to a, a crazier thing, which is, can you imagine if like for, you know, HHN 30 here that just got destroyed. But if something like that had happened and they decided we are taking the 10 highest rated houses in history and we are redoing them room by room exactly the same to have people that couldn't go through them in the past get a chance to go through them. Uh, th th wouldn't that be pretty, uh, pretty that wild? That would be great, and not necessarily out of the question they've done. Well, American Werewolf in London, they pretty much did repeat. Um, true, true. And, you know, we've seen some similarities between some of the houses with some of the revisiting and the, you know, anniversaries and stuff. Pieces have been in there, including Castle Vampire. You know, we saw some of the facade or the interiors of that maze. It would be cool. Uh, especially if they have the schematics and everything exactly as it was, uh, not impossible, you know. No, but uh, but 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 having video would just be amazing. Yeah, it would. Know? It would. Wow. Well, I'm going to stick right here at tier one because we got two tier ones at 18, and the other one is a great on just like psychoscopy is a great ongoing uh, theme when it's used. Uh, this is uh, body collectors collections of the past. And again, people will remember. Listen to the first podcast. The body collectors from 15 is also in tier one um, and so i love it we always enjoy it when they take a great property and are able to hit it out of the park again and body collectors was one of those it, it was sort of you know it was set in a some an english town and all kinds of uh all kinds of suffering going on and different things uh that was really really awesome uh to me it didn't quite it wasn't quite as good as uh scary tales but i'm not sure i think it's possible the body collectors was uh, the house of the year but i, I gotta admit i don't remember that um it, it's, it's but t two just spectacular houses you know you go through any haunted house in any city that has tourist attractions where there may just be a year-round haunted house and you're walking through it there's always going to be a torture room you're going to have sound effects coming through the speakers in the walls of humans moaning <laughs> Oh, people hanging on the walls by hooks and somebody on a on a rack being stretched and it doesn't matter how many times you see it it's always awesome like those rooms never get old it doesn't matter if they're the exact same room every time body collectors because i know this is going to be very similar you know to the ones we have seen uh even though i didn't see this one it's going to be awesome. It's just going to be a good house. And I don't know what that has to say that we like to see, you know, people basically being tortured, but it doesn't matter. It's a great, it's a great deal. I know I would have liked this house. Yeah. No, these were two great houses. So, so let's go to what I did not think were great houses. And, and it's interesting because on this one, I am going against the grain a little bit here. This is tier four toxic city for me. And that is uh, reflections of fear. And this, this was the Icon House. This was the Bloody Mary House. And this was not uh, disliked by most people as much as I disliked it. And I do believe it is very possible that I had a very bad run. I only went through these one time, being with my wife and all that, and she hates this stuff. And it just was not a good run, I don't believe, because things that other people were talking about that were so amazing either just didn't exist when I went through it or they were very poorly done. 
and so I, this is a house that I think stands out to me that was probably better than I'm giving it credit for, but I can only rate it based on my one time through it. And my one time through it puts it in tier four. Yeah, that's pretty brutal, you know. And it's always sad when you have an icon house that just doesn't make the grade. You're looking for those to be some of the best house, the cream of the crop, as the Randy Macho Man Savage once said. But apparently Reflections of Fear for you was Reflections of... Snapping into a Slim Jim, baby! <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, no. oh man well. but no not not good and i'm going to stay right there again because i've got two tier one but i've got two tier four and the other Uh-oh. tier four was the hollow oh and, surely not uh surely not and that's the way i felt at the time uh because they this was sort of a classic you know the classic halloween history kind of house yeah and had a lot of pumpkin heads a lot of things about halloween and it, the kind of house that honestly i and we really enjoy a lot of times but in this case it seemed pretty antiseptic there wasn't a lot happening um and i came out of it thinking wow that's unfortunate because i really was excited about it looking forward to it and quite honestly not much happened and and so it it went all the way down to tier four for me you know when i was talking with you about halloween horror nights 18 and i knew i couldn't go and the houses had been revealed i remember telling you the one that i am most upset i'm never going to be able to see is the hallow i don't know if you remember that or not because it just lines up so well with everything that i love you know it was in a tent so you know not to keep beating that horse but uh, if that had been in a sound stage, I wonder if we would have gotten something a little bit different. I'm reading the synopsis here again. It is telling the story of Samhain, which, of course, lo- it's spelled, it looks like it's Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Samhain. I mean, how can that go wrong, right? And it's a tier four for you. What a disappointment. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Um, so back back up to, uh, to tier two, and there's only one house in tier two. So if you're paying attention, uh, you know everything else is going to be in tier three. Mm-hmm. But tier two was dead exposure. Dead exposure. And, and this was the first real, I mean, there's, there were some similar ones, but in a much more muted way. This was the, the first one where they just go all out with the idea of total darkness um, and then things have fluorescent paint, stuff like that. And then light bulbs explode, flash bulbs are going off. And it is really, really freaky. Matter of fact, one of the things I remember thinking of, and I, I don't think this was at all obviously unique to me. I think most people walked away thinking this, both because of the uh, concept and also the, the timing, and is that it feels very much like the scene in The Silence of the Lambs, where it's dark and there is some uh, uh, flashing going on that's making everything very disorienting and, and this and that. And it does have a little bit of that feel. So uh, a really pretty solid house. And I came out of that one really freaked out. And I think um, I remember my wife as well found this one especially uh, kind of intense for her. Um, so that, that exposure is our only tier two house from HHN 18. You know, you can take a home haunt that puts up black trash bags and put a strobe light in there, and it's fun, and it'll scare people. It seems like this takes that, the simplicity of that scare to the next level, because that's a scary, when that, then a camera goes off and that flash happens, and it, it makes kind of that reverbery sound. Right, right. You know, right. that's scary. And I, we've seen some of this later in Halloween Horror Nights that I was able to experience that sound and that effect. A whole house dedicated to that. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. 
So we have three houses left and they are all in tier three. And I got to tell you at some level, they all sort of ran together for me, not only now, but at the time, um, the one that was perhaps the most unique of the three is interstellar terror. Um, and this is based upon sort of a sci-fi house. Um, and, and I did enjoy a little bit of the set work of being inside a, a spaceship. It sounds know, like alien. Yeah, kind of, but nowhere near as good. And I, I, I did sort of walk away thinking, well, they just took that concept and threw some stuff up there, but it didn't really stick. Um, and kind of just like fell off the walls. It, 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 it's, it was off the wall, uh, as Michael would say. Um, so that, that was, you know, that was that. And then another one was creatures. And this was one that there were some people that really enjoyed this. And I went into it thinking I was really going to enjoy it because the, uh, exterior, when you walk in right before you go in, there is a facade, um, and it looked cool. And I thought it was going to be cool. And basically the bottom line is it sort of was, you know, cowboys meeting aliens or, or, or some kind of creatures, maybe not aliens, but some kind of creatures. And uh, it just didn't work for me. It didn't work. I, 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 I really remember coming out of this thinking that made no real sense. Um, and so uh, that, that was my other tier three house. And then the final one, and we're going to get your thoughts on any of these uh, three at all, was Doomsday. And this is another one of the classic ones, just like we talked about in 17, that was based on a movie. And I had not seen the movie. And in this case, I feel like it was really important to have seen the movie because there are some very specific scenes that even without seeing the movie, I knew this is directly related to the movie, but I had no idea what was going on. So I, um, uh, you know, none of them were bad, like bad, bad tier four toxic city level, but none of them had me coming out of them saying, man, I'd like to go through that again. That was really good, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So those all landed. That was your tier three, right? That's right. That's right. That's tier three. So that's Halloween Horror Night 17 and 18. We're going then to update our article on our website to reflect those decisions that we have made about these houses. And our tier system is growing, working our way all the way through Halloween Horror Nights 29. Because as you know, we've walked through every maze that they've offered since 2003. Right, Rex? Well, at least I have, if you hadn't have missed those oh, two no, years. That's right. Yeah. When I say uh, we, I mean... We mean the, we, the, the, we and the, the inclusive, right? Yeah, so. like the, the... Exactly. What's it so, called? The royal, uh, you know, plural pronoun or whatever. Because yeah. it's Rex and the Beast. You know, you're you're representing Rex and the Beast. That's so. that's right. That's right. By the way, I have to uh, mention this. While we have been recording this podcast, uh, hmm. we we did just get a uh, a Twitter like that popped up from uh, uh, my, Michael Aiello on a tweet that he posted that we responded to. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, but we haven't talked about it, so I at, least, I at least wanted to bring it up. Did you see his tweet that I've responded to that the Michael Myers house is currently for rent? No, I the did Ma- not know so, that. The, so the Michael Myers house, and this wasn't, he, he was retweeting this from someone else that lives in the area. The Michael Myers house that we saw on our California tour that year, the, yeah. that where, where Halloween was filmed and all that, is currently available to lease. And so uh, Aello posted out, 
we've got to lease this thing, who's with us? And uh, of course, I knew without talking to you and responded, Rex and the Beast is down on this one, buddy. And Well, I mean, that could be our new corporate headquarters. Exactly right. You know, our, our sister is out in California Absolutely. now. And so there's no reason not to. But let, let me tell you, can you imagine if we were able to be doing the Rex and the Beast podcast from the uh, Michael Myers house? Now that would be all right. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Rex. If you lived out there, you had a little bit of money to just do something with, you could make a fortune. All you do is give tours. I mean, if you transform this, you you bring the furniture, you can see enough of the house in the original 78 classic Halloween. You make the living room look like a living room, you know, looked in 78 when Myers killed uh, Judith. You'd make a fortune. You could charge 10 bucks a person. I mean, people show up there every day anyway, just yeah. to take pictures of the outside and everything. Uh, well, you certainly could. The truth of the matter is you probably can't because it's probably not zoned for that. It has It's zoned as residential only, so I bet you can't do it even if you wanted to. But if you could, man, would that be, uh, well, you know. it can't be residential beast, only rec- because it was, a insurance, it was an insurance business that was in there. Is that right? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not then. But in any event, um, I, it was funny to see the picture because the guy that posted the Twitter, uh, the tweet, had a picture of the house with the uh, phone number and name on the you know little sign in front or lease. I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe can I get a six month lease? Rex and the Beast may be willing to go there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is insane. No. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up because it did just pop up while we've been podcasting, and it reminded me that I'd never mentioned it to you, and I wasn't sure if you had seen it or not. So. Yeah, that's that's brutal. Golly, I won't be able to sleep now. You know, I'm going to have to con- <laughs> convince you to try to, to, to make the haunted, the Michael Myers Museum. I mean, how would that work uh, in Rex's, you know, other identity as a, a corporate attorney? So just on the, putting him on the spot here, could you even do that anyway? I mean, do, do you have to have Halloween, you know, would you have to get permission from the owners of the franchise and everything to do something like that? No, if you were just doing the house. But you could not have uh, Michael Myers' statue sitting around the house or any of the um, items from their, you know, intellectual property in the movie. But you certainly cannot, they cannot stop you from showing a tour. Basically, you're showing a tour of a filming location. And that you could do, but you could not set up and use, you know, their their IP. You couldn't um, be playing the music. No, I, you I mean, like, what's the point? Yeah, I mean, it would still work, but it, you know, you would kind of want those things. Yeah, yeah, you do that, and then you are rocking. I mean, and of course, as you're leaving, um, you would have to have Michael Myers standing behind a sheet. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that we could do with this. I mean, you know. By the way, you would enjoy this as well. Uh, My, one of my children has recently sort of gotten into the idea of scary things, even though he's not really watching them and things. And this is my youngest boy. And he, uh, he was asking me about uh, Michael Myers Halloween. He says he's going to be Michael Myers next year for Halloween because he already has his Halloween costume for this year. But he was asking me, he said, you know, he said, was he kind of supernatural, like Superman or whatever? And 
you know, I re- he started asking a bunch of questions, and I realized, you know, these are really good questions, and it's pretty hard to answer some of these. You know, you sort of have to just go on some level of faith as to what's happening. But I finally told him, I said, well, he's something because uh, he gets plugged a few times by uh, by our main man, uh, Loomis, and he is still uh, gone and doing fine. So um, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting uh, having kind of... Uh, intellectual discussions about Michael Myers and Halloween with the kids trying to figure out uh, what he really is. Is he a superhero? Is he an alien? Is he a regular person and whatever? I thought that was pretty funny. That is funny. You know, my kids have done the same thing. And so I just go to the canon of the movie where Loomis is the only one who really knows what's going on. I just keep saying Loomis's words back to them. When they want to know more, I say, listen, this is all I can tell you. He's pure and simply evil that's that's exactly what i ended up telling that's him I I mean, said, that's we, all you I, can say I, right? yeah i said we don't know for sure but we know he does things that a normal human being could not do and survive um and we also have a pretty good understanding that he's pure evil and that's so right. however, however that works it works you can't really explain it more than that because when you do you, you end up being you know anyway so yeah we hope on the next podcast to have some exciting news about the walkthrough museum of the haunted house known as <laughs> yeah you need you get on the horn there back to, back to Iello and let him know that we're not just interested we are rolling well i i mean nothing against him but i'm i think this is just a me and you thing i don't want i don't <laughs> no, want to no, split the uh, profits here or anything no you know? no other no other participants if you <laughs> No, no. Unless he wants to come and, uh, well, I mean, he 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 knows how to put on a production, right? So I guess we could hire him, but he may be busy. I think he works at, like, you know, Universal Studios or something like that. Could be. Could be. Or he could have gotten canned. Well, maybe <laughs> During COVID here. <laughs> We're, so, the you know, Rex and the Beast, our motto is compassion and love. That's uh, You can't beat it. Unless you're doing it with a bat full of nails. He could have gotten canned. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, until next time, uh, we'll be doing Halloween Horror Nights 19 and 20 on the next podcast. Join the journey with us. Check out the website, recently updated. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Like us on Twitter. uh, Follow us on, or I guess it's, is that the other way around? Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And, oh, and uh, hey, Beast, let's remind yeah. everybody, too, you know, we are doing this um, Rex and the Beast giveaway of, oh. uh, you know, $50 gift certificate or, or just 50 bucks right in your pocket on Venmo or whatever here to make up for the fact that without the HHN, we don't have a ticket giveaway to do. And yeah. we're doing it based upon people needing to guess what was the first roller coaster, not a kiddie coaster, but a full-blown adult coaster that I, Rex, ever rode. And um, it's been going great on Twitter. We've been giving clues. We give clues every morning, most of the time, trying to do it around uh, 10 o'clock Mountain Time out here where uh, Rex, uh, where I live. And, you, you know, you just got to DM us with a guess. You can make one guess a day, get a shot at the 50 bucks. There's been four clues so far, so check it out. And it's, uh, you know, it's just awesome. We love doing this. We love the interaction with the community goes all the way back, you know, to early days of Rex and the Beast. Uh, we've always been one to, to really mingle and interact with uh, uh, the, the community and the fans, and this is just a great moment to do it. Um, and, and I tell you what, I'm going to make a, make a little uh, executive decision right here, Beast, uh, for us, and that is that if anybody can guess 
we have one house in tier one um, from HHN 19 and we have one house in tier four and if anybody can guess those two houses before we put up the next podcast well we're uh, we're gonna throw an extra 25 bucks at those people so um, so we're, we're just uh, well wait a minute we so let's clarify this yeah. we're gonna throw an extra $25 at those people if they guess the coaster right, so no, they get seventy-five dollars. No no no, 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 no. This is independent. So independent. You, if, if you get these two right, the first person to get these two right, I guess we'll make that clear because, you know, we 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 be giving away right. a lot of money if we don't do that. But the first uh, person that gets gets the the one house that we put in tier one from HHN nineteen, and the one house that we put in tier four. If you get both of those correct in the right tier, the first person to do that. Um, Rex and the Beast is going to give you 25 bucks to uh, maybe uh, enjoy an express pass at a local Halloween haunt or something of that nature, or at least defray some of the cost of that. So look at this. you got all kinds of opportunity to uh, get some free money from Rex and the Beast. Well, you know, we're, uh, we're happy to do it, and we, uh, we love you guys, so jump on it. We love <laughs> we love you. Oh gosh. So yeah, this is wonderful, you know, and basically the way you get the money, it can be a gift card. It can be Venmo. We don't really care. We don't care. I'll, say, yeah, I'll send you a check. I mean, check. you know, if you, if you live in Denver, come by, I'll give you cash. I don't care. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you, we can't make this any easier for people. No way. No way. I mean, and that's why we've, you know, we've been inundated with responses here, but it's just so far, it's hard. There's Nobody's so many got, I mean, well, well there's, there's so many coasters there's, to guess. That's why we keep giving clues, but there's no downside. So just keep taking right. those guesses. We'll keep uh, sorting there's no through hate the here. answers and there's no hate here. And, um, and well, let's see. I mean, here's the first four clues. We might as well just say it since we're on a roll here. The first, sure. we're back to the coaster one now. Fifty dollars if you DM us the correct coaster, the first Rex coaster, first Re coaster Rex ever rode. It's in the United States, so this isn't international. The coaster still exists and is operational. Third clue: it's not in California, so whatever that's worth. And then the fourth clue. Uh, the drop is under 200 feet, so we are not talking about a hyper or a giga coaster here. So there you go. That's right. That should be. Yeah, I mean, that whittles it down to you know seven or eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, no, no problem. So just you know, take take the guess. I mean, you know, the, the amazing thing is, if everybody that had responded so far had guessed a different coaster, I mean, that money would probably be out the door. So. Well, it'd be gone. But we, but now we have an additional twenty-five dollar possibility if you can guess the first tier and fourth tier. Uh, first and fourth tier of which event now? 19? HHN 19. 19. That's what we're we're going to start with next uh, next podcast. Man, this is kind of getting complicated. Well, you know, I mean, you know, if, uh, you don't have to you don't have to go down the path if you don't want free money. Just enjoy listening without worrying about it. Man, that's true. So okay. and and obviously uh, that that response can either be DMing us on Twitter or you can uh, you know for this one you can. Uh, drop us an email if you want. We've got, you know, the emails or the DMs. But uh, the DMs are the quickest response because uh, those we catch on a regular basis, as all you uh, Twitter folks know. Absolutely. Okay, that's fun, man. Money is just coming out of RexandTheBeast.com like... It's, it's, it's smooth like water, buddy. Smooth like water. Smooth like water. <laughs> Seriously, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining the journey with us. Hope you're having fun. And we will definitely see you next time. Until then... This is the Beast saying, be strong and courageous. RexandTheBeast.com, join the journey. Hey.